I've been an artist my whole life. Really, since I was 13, that's pretty much. There's something in that that really influences everything that I put on the canvas. And that is something, and it's called atmosphere. The atmosphere, when looking out there, when, when I'm doing a painting, and I am looking out across the landscape, the atmosphere changes perspective. What's happening out there in the atmosphere comes back and it changes my view. You know where I'm going with this? It changes how I look at something. It changes the view. It could change circumstances. It could make me not go somewhere because I could say, Woo, I can tell there is a storm coming. And I think I'll just depart from that direction and go over here. See, the atmosphere can give you the upper hand in areas. So the perspective can be changed. And so I wanted to talk to you about changing the atmosphere of your spiritual life, which then will come over the natural realm. It's stronger then. It's more powerful than the natural realm. The problem is that we just live in this natural body all around the natural things. And those wonderful five senses that we have are so good when we're out to a good restaurant, right? I mean, we're, that worship was awesome. You know, you're hearing that. So good. And um, the next best thing to the smell of orange blossoms, I figured out a way to get it by my house because I don't live around the orange blossoms anymore, and I miss that. You know, that smell, right, is a jasmine bush. They smell wonderful. So see, those senses are great for some of the natural stuff. But then we got to set all those senses aside in order to work spiritually. Because God is a spirit. And he said in Romans, what's natural is natural and what's spiritual is spiritual. The spiritual can affect the natural. And that's where the atmosphere that we put forth, that we choose to seek, that we choose to believe that there is an atmosphere that has something to do with the spiritual business going on around you. Amen? Are you guys in here? See, that when I had said we need to stir ourselves up, it is our responsibility to make sure that the atmosphere in our home is right. The atmosphere in our home dictates our actions and other people in the home. It will influence. There's no way it cannot influence good and bad, and we know that. We know a dysfunctional house, kids grow up crooked like a tree in the wind at the high elevation that cannot grow right. So... Go switch to the other side. A house full of the word of God, praising the Lord, bringing in an atmosphere of seeking God and praising him and lifting up the name of Jesus, which is the most powerful name, which everything will bow to that name. So what causes that atmosphere is you get with God. You seek it. You go. And we're not looking for goosebumps. And we're not looking for you know, the way out, weirdness, because we don't live by feelings. But, that's a good but, right there. But, there is an effect when you spend time with God. Something will happen. There is an effect, and something will happen if you'll spend time with God. Amen? So I want to look at a few scriptures and just talk about this. Can we look at a few scriptures? Because I want to remind myself, right? In James, he said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. If we draw near to him, it's guaranteed he's coming. He's coming near to us. He lives in us. But what he means is that manifestation, that reality. See, to know, to really get it, we want to know and have it 24 hours around the clock, the consciousness. 
I'm talking about it to you right now, so you're all thinking on it, and you're, you're, you're conscious. But then tomorrow at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, when every phone is ringing and people are knocking on the door and whatever project you're on at work is falling apart or going crosswise or things aren't, that consciousness needs to be settled in right there. You need to know, wait a minute, it doesn't matter because God is with me and he'll show me what to do. If I seek him, he handles it for me. It's, a, it's in his word and he shows it over and over and over in scripture. So let's look at Matthew 17. Because I'm talking about, you know, spending time with God does change things. And when we spend time with him, there will be an effect. There will be something that happens. Matthew 17. And you, we can't look at this and go, well, yeah, of course this happened. They were with Jesus. Well, hello? Who are we with? Let's not underestimate ground level. Not on a high mountain with Jesus, but ground level with him inside of us. All the time. When they left that mountain and they went other places, Jesus could have walked away and Jesus wouldn't be by them. But Jesus is in us. Amen? And not leaving us. So James 17 says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. By themselves. Led them up there by themselves. And when they were with him by themselves, two says, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like a sun and his clothes became as white as the light. And then we know as it went on, that they had a vision, Elijah and Moses showed up, and we know it was a vision because later, down in the chapter, Jesus said, tell this vision to no one. So there was something spiritual that took form when they were with him on the mountaintop. Just those three and Jesus, and then in the vision, Elijah and Moses show up. And they kind of like, you know, that would be like me saying, hey, you guys are all here. Let's go shopping. I mean, they were like, let us build a temple for all three of you. I mean, it was just way off base because they were like, whoa. You know, I mean, it was, it was overwhelming to them. And they heard the voice out of heaven. Five said, wow. Um, let's read four. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. He lives in you. The Bible said we have an inward witness. God said we as his children can hear that voice in us we can be led by the voice in us we don't have to have that bright cloud overshadow us but it could but we don't have to have it to be led by God we don't have to have lightning to know what to do we don't have to have Moses and Elijah show up to get an answer we don't have to have an angel that we see but we've got him but we don't have to have that because we have the more, the better, the highest, the exalted thing, the word of God. But we also have that witness that lives in us. If we'll take the time to get sensitive with that inward witness, if we'll take the time to sit down and go, Lord, I want to talk to you. I'm going to spend time, Lord, with you. Lord, I want to visit with you. I want to talk to you and visit. You should do this on your own. Whether it's in your car or whether it's in your shower. God don't care if you're in the shower. He made you. If you're at work, wherever. See, we have the sure thing. The witness of God in us with his word. So what changes the atmosphere is when we go to seek him. 
when we do it the way the Bible says, with thanksgiving, with praise and worship, if you got a problem, you got to worship. I'm telling you, if you got a storm, you need to worship. If you have financial problems, you need to worship and believe what God said. If you have sickness trying to get on your body, you need to worship. You don't need to shut your mouth and lay down. You need to get up and shout, God is in me and I don't have to take this. You need to worship him. Worship, worship, worship the Lord. The Bible's full of it. Worship him. Give him praise. It is the way to victory. It is the way to divine life here on earth is to open your mouth and spend time praising him because that praise changes the atmosphere. It's the light of God that drives off darkness. It'll drive it out. It'll push it. It can't stay. I'm telling you, if you start praising God and you get your mind on him, that body will quit hurting. It will quit hurting. But you have to stay after it. Because there's a job to do. You are a Christian on the front lines. And the devil would prefer you not know the important things. The devil would prefer that you just, you know, drop your weapons and whine. But we can't do that because we got a life to live. Now, we got a good life to live here. Jesus went to the cross and went through that agonizing pain for us to live a good life here now that it could be bought back. And so we have the responsibility, but an opportunity to walk free of things that people just get bound with, get slowed down, and get bound. Anything that's contrary to the word of God, we cast it down. And everything starts with a thought. Everything starts with a thought. Amen? So we see that during that time, something happened. Uh, jump over to Acts 2, 25. Because we want to change the atmosphere. We want the presence of the Lord, you know, the Bible talks about the presence of the Lord a lot. And pr the word presence means actually like a very close relationship face to face. The actual meaning of that. Well, obviously we don't see him face to face. We know because uh, it, we wouldn't be able to handle it while we're in our natural body. But there is that spiritual side of us that we can sense him in a very intimate way if we'll seek him. And um, this is what David said uh, after Peter was, was teaching. He quoted this, and, and let's read 2.25, Acts 2.25. For David says concerning him, the Lord, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. See, if we would take this, if you would take that right there and go, wait a minute. God is at my right hand right now while I'm going through this. I am not alone. There needs to be a consciousness continually. God is at my right hand. I don't need to get overwhelmed. I'm not going to be shaken. I'm just going to take a minute. You ever had to do that? Take a minute. You know, you ever have to get away from the crowd and like go down to the bathroom somewhere in the office just to get away from everybody? Take a minute. Therefore, why? Why? 26. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. You got to watch what comes out of your mouth because it changes that atmosphere. I'm talking about the atmosphere around you, what comes out of your mouth, 
can bring that atmosphere up or it can tank it. Throw it in the fish tank where it's all murky. It hasn't been cleaned out. You've got to keep things cleaned up upstairs in your mind, in your mouth, with the word. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. See, later in your own reading time, you should go read 1 Samuel 30. Because that's where David and the men are told to go to battle. God tells you to do something. Told to go. You can be in the right place doing what God has told you to do and have a few things happen. So he goes to battle, and when they come back, him and his men come back, it's not a pretty picture. The place has been burnt. Their wives, their children have all been, we'd call it kidnapped today, taken away, and it looks bad. And now everybody's mad at David. They're wanting to stone David. We're talking that's a bad day at the office there. So what did David do? He didn't find the first fastest stallion and hijack it out of there to save his hide. He sought God. He went to the Lord. And he said, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? That was what he did. He had to start looking inside. Well, Lord wasn't inside him. We would look inside he sought outward because Jesus had not been crucified yet. But he had to look where they look to God to speak to the Lord. And the Lord told him, go and get them and you will have all of it returned. Everything. And the Lord directed him and they went and they recovered. No lives were lost and they recovered everything. But you got to seek God. You just can't ride this pony by yourself and think that all is going to be well because it won't there's going to be obstacles along the way so you have to stir yourself up David stirred himself up speaking to yourself about things will change the atmosphere around you it brings the presence of the Lord in an actual reality to our flesh it settles you down when you praise God and lift your hands and praise the Lord things will change and I was never used to doing that because I went to you know a church that we just didn't raise our hands and praised God and opened our mouth we sang but you know just other than that there wasn't a lot of that so when the very first time that I ever did that was by Pastor Dave on the telephone, never met the man, on the phone with him, and he said, have you ever praised and worshipped God? And I'm like, uh, well, I mean, I pray when I need something. That was kind of my life. See, God can change people. <laughs> I never thought I would be, you know, doing this type of thing. And I said, well, you know, when I need something, I pray. <laughs> Boy. I'm glad I didn't know who I was talking to or that I would have thought, I can't believe I said that. But what I'm trying to say is he told me, you go do this. You go by yourself. Jesus took them alone to the mountain. You go by yourself. You cast your care onto the Lord. That we know. Cast, him, cast it to him because he cares for you. We're to give the luggage to him because we really are not built to carry it. No matter how strong we might think we are, we're not built to carry it. So he says, you cast that care onto the Lord. And then you raise, and he said to me, it might seem weird, but you just do this. I'm like, okay. You raise your hands. And people are like, well, why do you have to raise your hands? Because it says so in the Bible. You raise your hands, and he said, if you know nothing more to say than, Lord, I worship you, and I praise you, and I thank you, then just say that over and over and over again. 
I was like, okay, I can do that. And he said, do it when nobody's around. And I'm like, okay. So the kids were in school. And so I went out in my living room and I cast my care upon the Lord. I'd never been to this church yet. Cast my care upon the Lord. And um, I had a medical situation that was being dealt with. And cast that care and raised my hands and began to praise God. And I thank the Lord for who he is. And, you know, I mean, I probably did it for 10 minutes that seemed like 10 hours. Honestly, it's the first time I've ever done that. I was like, you know, and, and the minute, the minute that I took my hands down like this, my phone went off, and there was a miraculous phone call at that very minute. And the person said, I cannot believe that this situation has changed, but like right now it has, and this. And the joy of the Lord came down on me like I have never experienced. The joy of the Lord is real. It is his presence because in that presence is strength and peace and great joy. And the joy of the Lord came down on me. It's probably good my kids weren't home. They probably would have been freaking out what's wrong with her. I actually rolled on the floor and laughed. Seriously. And while I was on the floor laughing, the Lord spoke to me about his joy and about his presence. And he reminded me when I was 15 years old and I received Jesus. I was in a Baptist church, a big Baptist church in California. And it was a long ways down there to the altar. You know, and they'd call people down, you know, to, to receive. And I remember I was like scared. So a girlfriend went with me. And long, probably not that long, but you know when you're a kid how things look different? If I went back now, I'd say, it's not even as big as our church, but long. And so I got down there. The Lord reminded me, do you remember this joy? Do you remember it? Because when I got down there at the altar when I was 15 years old, I knew nothing except the fact that I should receive Jesus. I knelt down. And the joy of the Lord hit me, and I started laughing. And I'm thinking, I'm going to get in trouble. You know, I'm trying to look down here, and the, the pastor's up there, and I'm trying to look down, and I am overcome with laughter. And me thinking, this is not a laughing matter. I should be serious down here. I did not know that the joy of the Lord was like that. And when I rolled on my living room floor 10 years ago, he came on me and he reminded me, this is how I set up life in you with joy. This is what it's supposed to be like. This joy will strengthen you. This joy will get rid of a disease. This joy will change your circumstances. This joy will change your finances. This joy, he said, is what you're to walk in abundantly. And that's where it all started, on my living room floor. And after it was all done, I called this pastor back that I didn't know, Pastor Dave. I'm like, you're not going to believe this. Can't believe I said that to him too, but oh well. I'm like, this is what happened. And he was laughing on the other end of the phone. He goes, oh yeah, I've been there before. I'm like, no, you don't get it. I mean, it was crazy. I like was overcome. And he laughed. He goes, yeah, yeah. So I knew that day, January 17th, 2007. It's written down on my heart. It's written in my books. It's written in my Bible. It's not the day I got saved, but it's the day I realized what being saved is. What an atmosphere can be changed when you spend time with God. What can happen in a realm here that it changes your flesh and it changes your emotions and it just changes you and you think, this is real. God is good and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's a part of who I am. And when I realized it, everything changed. And I thought, I, okay, I'm going to that church. I got off the phone and I said, I'm going to that church. I'm going to go. I got to go find out what this is. I got to go see what happened to me. 
and you'll get into a church where the Bible's being taught correctly, where there's an anointing, and it can be up here, but you know what? They're going to be anointing sitting right next to you that's just flowing over. Because why? That person was working on their atmosphere, and what they've been working on is coming over around you to influence you, to move on you, because it's God. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works and moves through people. So when you get into an atmosphere where the word is being preached, it will change you. It will teach you. This, you're coming here to get taught. You should come here expecting to hear from God. You should come here expecting to know more about the character of God and what it can do in your life. You should come here expecting that when you leave today, you're going to be different once again. And when you come back next week or wherever it is that you spend some time with a group of people, you should expect that you're getting something. You don't go there not thinking, well, okay, a clock in an hour. Are we ever going to get done here? She's going on and on and on up there. No, you should be expecting that God is talking to you. And once you get that attitude, once you start taking hold of that, then I'm going to tell you what, that atmosphere around you is going to change. And when you start coming in, you're going to expect, but then you're going to bring something with you. You are going to bring something with you. Why is it when we come together, someone has a song, has a hymn, has a spiritual song, you're going to bring something that can bless, that can be a blessing. And here's the awesome thing with God. When you have something that you give of him, your part of that is even better than what they got. Because it just does something to your soul. It just does something to you. It does something to your thought process. It does something to your spirit. It's an overwhelming, like, that is good. And it's worked out by changing the atmosphere around you. Your responsibility so that your atmosphere is right. Because when you get in the atmosphere of praising God, worshiping God, spending time with God, your perspective has to change. That's called renewing the mind. I just put a twist on it the other way because God brought it to my attention because I was like, what am I going to teach on, Lord? I don't know what I'm going to teach on. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to teach. I'm free. I don't have to be in Ephesians. So I can just look to you, Lord. I don't have to figure out a sermon. I can just go, Lord, what am I going to teach on? And he kind of just witnessed, look outside. And you notice what the atmosphere was doing this past week? There was kind of some weird stuff going on out there. And some of it was really thick. And one day when I was going up to my house, the atmosphere was so different. And when I got there, I told Lindsay, it's like almost in our yard. That's that stuff out there. It's not smog. I don't know what was it. Was it the moisture coming in or something? I don't know. But it was different. And I thought, wow, it's affecting like just what I see really close by. Did you hear me? It's affecting what you see really close by. It's affecting what you see really close by. We don't live by sight. We live by faith. But the presence of God will affect what you see really close by. What's in your face right now? What's nagging at you? What's up close and personal? What, you know, storm is blowing your hair out of whack and dirtying up the car and what's really close by. God's atmosphere, God's presence, 
God's word will change what you see. See, we, we, we can get all caught up on the whole, oh, I can't, I'm not going to see anything because I live by faith. That's it. I live by faith. So I'm not worried about what I see. But guess what? God said that if you believe, you will see his glory. It's in his word. He said, if you believe and you speak to that mountain, it's going to change. So, hey, if that mountain is changing, you can't tell me you didn't see something. He rewards us. He said that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what is the reward? He's not talking about heaven. He is talking about, you got to go back and look at what he's talking about. He's talking about his walk with you, walking with you. This is just not something you're going to do on Sundays. I shared this in prayer because it was profound. And I told Pastor Dave, the statement he made to me, was profound statement that has, all, that has changed my perspective on a few things. And it was something God dealt with me about. He told me something. And I'm like, that's a weird thought. It's just a strange thought. The kids were going away, and I was going to keep landing. And no um, offense, Austin, to this. But he, Austin stayed at the kids' house, and so... I was in the kitchen, and all of a sudden, the Lord said to me, your water's going to quit while Landon's there. And I thought, what? We have a water well at the house. And I went, what? What do you mean, my water? What is that? And I thought, great. I'm babysitting Landon for a week, and Austin's in their house. House sitting, so I can't take him there and take care of him. That's what I thought. You would have said, no, fine. But the thought came. You know, and, and then it passed. That was it. And I just went about. And the day, um, Monday, the holiday, was that Labor Day? Doing stuff, whatever. Joe is home as well. And um, I'm doing something in the kitchen. I go turn the water on, and it's off. This has never happened to our house one time. I'm like, are you serious? What in the world? And all that came back, that thought, like the week before, God said, your water's going to go off. I'm like, Lord, I need water. I could take care of this baby. And so I go tell Joe. I'm like, what's up? The water, there's nothing. Look. And he's like, what? And the whole time I'm thinking, Lord, you told me. You knew this was coming. So if you told me it was coming, in my head, I was thinking, what are you, you, know, what are you teaching me here, Lord? So Joe goes, well, I better go up. I'm going to check and check the breakers first. And so I'm like, okay. And so I walk back in the kitchen. I'm like, no, in Jesus' name, this water is working. Because God gave me this well. He knew this. In Jesus' name, water, you're going to work in Jesus' name. I mean, I was like, I want water in Jesus' name. And I stood there for a minute, and I turned the faucet on, and it was running full blast. So I go to the garage. I'm like, what did you do? And he goes, I haven't even done anything yet. I'm like, did you go to the circuit breaker? So I have not touched anything. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. It's on. I told you that whole story because in my mentality, I was thinking, What's God, what was God trying to teach me? What was he trying to teach me? Like he told me this, and then I did use his name, and it worked. What's he trying to teach me? And so I told Pastor the story, and Pastor said, instead of asking what's God trying to teach you, why don't you just look at it as God walking with you? It's what he wants to do. You know, I always try to like analyze it, like, okay, I don't hardly know anything. What's he trying to teach me? No, he, God walking with you. Changing that atmosphere because he is with you. Knowing he's with you, you can walk in things in a greater measure because of that power that he said lives in us. The Bible said that that resurrection power, Christ raised, that power lives in us. It's the same power. But we have to know how to tap into it to understand it, and to flow with it. That's why you come in here, 
come to eat and learn and grow and grab a hold of what's in the word. Because when it comes with the anointing, it's more powerful. It can be powerful at home on your own reading. But when it's taught with an anointing, there's a push behind it. There's a power because God set it up that way. God made the church. God made it for his Bible to be preached. He said that the power is in the gospel. And it changes the atmosphere around you. You got a bad atmosphere at work? Change it. No, I'd rather change jobs. No, change the atmosphere. Because maybe God wants you there to change the atmosphere. We're called the salt of the earth. We're to taste good. We're to look forward and see what we can do and how we can. And, you know, it, it, it could even be kind of a challenging, fun thing if you looked at it. Have you ever thought about exercising your faith and thinking, I'm, I'm going to exercise my faith on this. I'm just going to do it. Why? Because God talks about it. Pushing things through with your faith. Teach yourself to look at it that way. Inspire to live a faith life. Changing that atmosphere, spending time in the word. Amen? So we saw, you know, some things happen and, and how, I mean, and David and his army left and horrific, it looked really bad. That's why... That right there is why we don't live by sight. Because it can look really bad. But the minute you exercise your faith and get yourself stood up, armored up, in shape, talking right, joyful, things can change. But we're responsible to do that. Amen? You know, what you believe, what you believe about Jesus is what you're going to get. What you believe, I won't take you there for time's sake, but in Matthew um, 9, 18, it talked about the ruler, the rich ruler that went to Jesus, needed help. So Jesus headed down the road to go heal for him, said, my servant's ill. He was a servant or daughter. My servant's ill. He followed, started going. And on the road, the woman with the issue of blood arrives. We know that story. She spent her whole life with this problem. Probably mortgaged her house. Spent her life savings. But then she expected. She expected something to happen. She expected the atmosphere to change. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. She expected it. And we know that that's what happened. And we also know that the Lord said it was her faith that did it. His power went out, but he didn't initiate it. He didn't because Jesus asked, who touched me? So Jesus didn't initiate that healing power to go to that woman. She went and took it herself. And this was before Jesus was crucified. Now what do you got in you? See, we have it in us. She didn't even have the Holy Spirit living in her. She had heard about Jesus. She heard something. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. That is why you need to be in church. You need to be in church so you can hear the word preached because it will rise you up higher in faith. It just works that way. God said it. The word heard feeds you. It's food to your spirit. And so she was healed. And then, as the story goes on, two blind men. See, the presence 
of Jesus, the two blind men, received healing right there. They had the faith. Jesus said, do you believe? He said to them, do you, do you believe? He, God says that to us. Do you, do you believe? What can you believe him for? Do you believe? You should ask yourself, am I believing? Am I just thinking about it? And if you're just thinking about it, then you need to step up to the plate and go, this is changing right now. I believe what the word of God says. I believe God's word is true and it's for me and I'm going to walk in it. So what you believe is what you're going to get. That's how far you'll get. And God's merciful. We know that because he does show up and heal people who aren't even believers by gifts of the Spirit operating. You know, um, Joe talked on that and taught last week how there would be people that aren't, weren't even, didn't even want to be in church that got healed. So that's God's mercy showing forth, you know, with that's signs and wonders and things because it builds up, it glorifies the Lord, but it also builds up the body of Christ. So people go, yeah, amen. And if he'll do it in them, he'll do it in me or he'll do it in you because he's the same God and he doesn't, he doesn't have a favorite. He doesn't have a favorite. We're all his favorite. We're all his children. Amen? So to work that atmosphere, to change things, we need to do something personally. Personally. There's something we need to do. Let's, let's close with Psalms 34. Are you guys good? Because I have a rule. I have a rule. I'm in charge of this house right now. I have a rule. I usually say to the women, you are not going anywhere tonight until you get yourself excited and stirred up. Until you go, yeah, that's mine. I want people to go, yeah. I want people down in their gut to go, absolutely go team. Because it's for God. It's his work in you. So Psalms 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This is changing your atmosphere around you. It's changing the atmosphere upstairs in your mind. It's going to change the atmosphere around. It's going to change your body. It's going to change situations. When you have a thankful, grateful heart and you praise God, there is a manifestation that can take place. Where God's presence, you just know it's there, period. Because you're sensing something. Like there's somewhere. There's something like in you. When you spend time, you'll recognize a difference. And it's not a mental thing. It's spiritual. I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. When we praise, it blesses him. Hey, this is twofold. Hallelujah. I want God happy. He is happy. But you know what I mean by that. I want to please the Lord. You want to please? I want to please the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. I'm going to praise him. Because it's good and it's right and it's in his word. It says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Oh, the Lord is good. How do you boast about somebody? You just say he is so good. He is great. That's boasting on who he is. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Four, 
I sought the Lord, and he heard me. This was David when he came back with the men. And they were going to kill him. And his whole family's gone. Now things are bad. People forget to seek God. You get to where you think it's all over with, and people forget to seek. People that go to church every Sunday morning, every do a Bible study, love God, forget to seek him. They forget to take the problem to him. He can handle it. He'll handle it for you. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. Well, he doesn't always hear me because, you know, nothing has changed yet. and I don't know. It's just the way it is. No, he heard you. That's a lie. Thinking he didn't hear your prayer is a lie. Cast that down. It's a lie because he hears all. Hmm. He hears all. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Delivered me. I sought him. He delivered me. I sought him. Changed the atmosphere. I sought him. Sickness got off of me. Just trying to get on my body. Get off of my body in Jesus' name. Have you ever done that? We're all going to get attacked. You got to learn to do that. I never used to know to do that. Never did. It's a way of life. If you're going to live with Jesus, if you're going to walk with the Lord, it's a way of life. Get off of my body in Jesus' name. Get out of here. You can't stay. An awareness of that will change things. You'll learn. You'll learn not to play with something and ponder it. Oh, why is my back hurting? Oh, man, is that thing coming back on me again? I had it a year ago, and seems like, gosh, I remember I had it for three weeks. Stop it! I'm being a mama up here right now. Stop it! Tell it! No! You cannot come back on my body. I have an atmosphere surrounding me, and it's God. And when I praise the Lord, he's with me in the full measure because it's building me up. He's always in me, but it builds me up when I praise him. And then my words have power. You want the words to be powerful. But when I sought him, things were changed. Changing that atmosphere changes your perspective. You'll see things different. This is why it's important for God to have his children sit down and just spend that time. Choose it over the other things. Mary made the right choice at Jesus' feet. Though other people, Martha was irritated because she wanted help, Jesus flat out said, tough luck, sister. No, he didn't say that. He said it in a nicer way that Mary has chosen the right thing. You're going to have to set some things aside. Oh, gosh, it was great preaching until now. I've ruined it for everybody. You're just going to have to make a decision to set some things aside. Go, I'm going to seek God. And change that atmosphere around me. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see a difference in my life. God's walking with me now. This isn't just something I know about. This isn't just something I hear about in church. No, I, God's walking with me now. Now, when I'm in my car, God's driving with me. When I go to sleep at night, he's dreaming with me. Make yourself conscious of that. Think that way. Talk that way. Stir that up in you and you will see a change. There's no way you can't. You will see a change. I'm giving you homework today. And I'm going to question you later whether you did it. Seek him. 
in a diligent way. Not once or twice, but as a lifestyle. Go to God. Change the atmosphere. Make it different. And you don't have to worry about your spouse. Well, they're not doing it. So you look at you. You pay attention to your walk. Your walk is your walk. Their walk is their walk. God walks with you. Amen? So you can, you can seek him and know there will be a change if you will stay after it. You have to seek diligently. That woman with the issue of blood, she didn't think, well, maybe that parade of people with Jesus will come by my house. Gosh, I hope it's coming down my street, you know. That would be awesome because if it does, then I can just run out there. I could just set my little lounge chair up right here in the front yard. And as it goes by, I can just run out there and touch the hem of his garment. No, she was going against society. That what she had was looked down on. People did not want her around. But see, she knew if I put forth the steps to go and put forth a push and believe and know then I'm going to get healed. If I take that step, if I took the effort, if you take the effort, what might get changed in your life? Is there something in your life that you've had to deal with for years and years? If you take that step, if you get out of your house, get out of the lounge chair, get up in the tree. So when he passes by, he's going to have dinner with you. And he pays. He's buying dinner. So seek him with your whole heart, diligently. Because it's the true word of God. It's the living Christ living today. He's alive. We sing a song that he is coming back. But that is not God what to do today. He's alive in you. Willing, ready. You know, he is waiting on us. He's waiting. He's just waiting. For us to put that, put that through and, and wholeheartedly. Because if you say to that mountain, be thou removed, and you believe in your heart, then what you say, you will have. It's not a pretty poem. It's not written to sound good. No, it's God's word that if you will believe, and you will speak, and you will seek that mighty power that mighty God, that he will reward you with what you so have asked for and desired will be yours. So you believe.